Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. All those who are gathered in person, all those who are gathered online, um, great that you're with us today. Um, yeah, it's great to be in God's presence uh, here again, Sunday after Sunday. And uh, yeah, we want to pray into what's happening in our world today. We're going to do that in just a little while. And uh, Sam's just going to be leading us in a prayer. But at the moment, we're coming into God's presence to worship him, to declare that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that he is sovereign. God has not changed. God is still in control. And he still lives in us. And we can rejoice in the things that God is saying and doing uh, in us. And uh, I just pray that today we experience his presence in this place today. It's my prayer time and time again as we gather as church that we will experience the, the presence of God as we gather and as we worship him and so we're going to uh, pray into that in just a little minute um, just for those who are online um, we do have a new system today uh, we have a new system of cameras um, and so there's a lot of change today and uh, I'll talk maybe a wee bit more about that in uh, a minute or two um, when we do some announcements but uh, just bear with us if things don't go according to plan, um, but we pray that they do go according to plan. Are you happy to be in God's house today? Yes. Oh, I like that immediate response. Let's just stand. If you're able to, we're going to pray, and we're just going to invite God to come and presence himself amongst us today to speak to us as we worship him to speak to him as well. Father, we just thank you that you're here. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you glory. Lord, we know that you're here with us. You have said that where two or three are gathered in my name, then, then, then I'm there right in the middle. Father, we thank you that you're right here in the middle with us today. We've come to worship you. Father, we've come to give you glory. We've come to lift up the name of Jesus in our gathering today. And so, Father, we just ask that you would be with us and that you just minister into our hearts today. And Father, as we worship you, Father, we pray, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him.
that we've been singing this morning. Father, words that point us towards you. Father, words that point us towards an eternal hope and eternal salvation. And Father, we thank you that no matter what goes on around us, what's happening in our world, Father, we know that we have this hope, an eternal hope, an eternal salvation. Father, we know that we are yours, that we are your children. And Father, that nothing can take us out of your hand. Father, we just thank you that you walk with us through every situation in life. And Father, we just give you praise because you are that one constant in our lives. Father, you never change. Yesterday, today, and forever, you remain the same. You remain faithful. Father, even when we are faithless, you remain faithful to us. And Lord, we thank you that we can trust in you completely. Father, no, no matter what's happening, no matter what we see, Father, we can trust you completely. Father, we know that you hold everything in your hand. Father, that you hold the future in your hand. Father, we know that we know that we can trust you completely in every step that we take in life. And Father, we just pray that as we continue in this service, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us today. Father, may our hearts be encouraged as they already are as we worship you. Father, we, we just experience your presence and your strength coming as we worship you. And uh, Father, we just pray that as we and just a little while turn to, to your word, Father, that you'd speak to us through that as well. And Father, that you'd strengthen us through that. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And we give you praise and thanksgiving and glory in Jesus' name.
please be seated if you're not already. Okay, so just one or two things to mention today. I'm going to do this bit first before I forget, as I nearly did last week. So, cheese of your choice, block of cheese, cheese board. Um, so just to remind people, there are envelopes on the seat um, if you want to give to the Ukraine appeal, uh, if you want to do that through that mechanism, that's there. Uh, we've already had money coming in last Sunday and during the week, so we will be uh, transferring that money uh, tomorrow morning. So please feel free to give to that offering uh, to support the church in that part of the world. Um, yeah, and, and just to remind people that we will meet on uh, Monday morning to pray at 9.30 on Zoom. Again, on Wednesday night at 7.30 on Zoom, we were really uh, focusing on needs. We were focusing on the situation in Ukraine. Um, this last Wednesday, we were also praying um, for people who are not Christians, people who do not know Jesus yet. And uh, yeah, just God's been working away and stirring people up in that particular uh, area. And uh, one of the things that uh, Bobby will maybe uh, tell us about on another occasion, um, but maybe not today, but I'm going to announce it next Sunday at half past six, there'll be a, a time of prayer, just especially for prodigals, uh, especially for people who don't know Jesus. And, you know, I, I think God is stirring his church up to pray. And that, that really excites me because when God's stirring the church up to pray and people are responding to that, then God can come and do something. We need to be involved in the process. So that's another opportunity to come together and to pray. Um, on the 18th of March at 7 uh, o'clock, it's the Friday night, we'll have Clem Ferris with us, prophet from the United States of America. So we'll be uh, looking forward to that. I've invited one or two other ministers and whatnot to come along uh, to that. And on the 20th of March, that following day, uh, so the, that's the Friday, on the following Sunday, we'll have uh, Vision Sunday, where I will be sharing a little bit about the vision of the church and just where I, I kind of see us going over the next wee while. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, one of the things that I need to mention today as well is that we have invested in new technology. We've got new cameras, um, and there's a whole bunch of complicated stuff going on in the background and I just want to appreciate our team who are working all the tech um, and we have at this point in time a really minuscule team who are working hard every week to make church happen okay and for those who are online uh, they are working really hard to keep the service streamed and going on uh, online every week and sometimes it means that people are multitasking between different roles. So now audio, video, media, everything's linked together in order to live stream the service. And so really my, my plea today is for people who want to get involved in whether it's media, audio, or tech. We, we need people to work the media. We need people to work the camera stuff. We need people to work the sound desk. And we really need to build this team because we are running on a skeleton crew at the moment and it's putting a lot of pressure on our team sometimes, especially if people are unwell and they have to stand in and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to encourage us to really uh, get involved in that. Uh, so if you're able to, willing, then please come and let us know and we'll get you plugged into one of these teams, get you trained up um, 
things are getting to the point where even I don't know the, the tech, and I, I used to work in that area. So um, it's funny, um, a number of years ago, I read a book, um, and in the book was an exercise that made you think about where you would be in 10 years' time. And that was 10 years ago. Um, and I remember writing down in my notes through this exercise, one of the things that I saw in the future in 10 years' time was to be uh, working in the church and surrounded by technology that was just amazing. And, and we're there, <laughs> and we've really been thrown into the deep end of it all uh, a couple of years ago. But we have been working hard to develop it, to make it better all the time. And so I, I'm really putting that call out uh, for people to get involved. We need people to get involved. Um, we also need people to get involved with the kids' work. Um, I've emailed out a few people in the church. We need people to be involved with the kids' work. It's a must, okay? There's a, a small uh, team of people who are already willing to get involved, but there's, there's a need for more people. And uh, as we progress sort of out of the situation with COVID, I know that we're still in it just now, so don't panic. I'm not thinking like we're going to suddenly flick a switch and everything will be better. I know we're on a journey through this, um, but we do need more people to get involved in what's happening uh, in the life of the church. So that, that's my uh, announcements and pleas and requests for today. I'm going to invite Sam's up because Sam's is going to come uh, and pray into the situation that we're facing in our world just now. So Sam's, if you could come up, that'd be great. Thank you. I don't know if you've been watching your TV lately, especially the bomb bombardment of the town, Kiev. It's like a scene out of the movies, you know, and I sat down there watching and I'm wondering, is this real? How about the people who live in this area? What's happening to them? What about the children? What about the mothers who have children? How are things faring? How are people getting to about their lives, businesses, and all that? Everything is stripped away in the name of uh, we are one people and we shouldn't separate. But the we shouldn't separate is leading to a killing of people, maiming of children, destroying, destruction of future, and stuff like that. And that's only one part of the earth that this is happening. There are so many places where it is not visible on the news like we see today. It's happening in the North Korea. It's happening in Japan. It's happening in some of Af countries in Africa, my home country, Nigeria. All these places are trouble spots. Uh, we as Christians, we can pray towards it because our God, Jesus Christ, he is the Prince of Peace, you know. He is, when he steps in, there is peace. And in peace, there is no destruction. There is no... Acrimony, it's all like love and coexistence. So let's pray over Russia and Ukraine. Father, we pray for the escalating situation in Ukraine and Russia. We confess at times that the changes are so quick and so rapid that we cannot actually deal with it. Diplomacy is failing. The complexity of it all, 
is mind-blowing. And it's difficult sometimes to know what to pray or how to pray about these things, Lord. We start with praise and thanksgiving unto your holy name because only you understand those things. You remain steadfast, O Lord. You're faithful. You're all-seeing. You're all-knowing. In every situation, you can dig, dig, dig deep into it and help us in the right way. We orientate ourselves with you, Lord. Your time scales are different from ours. The way you see things are different from ours. So we pray for your purposes to manifest, Heavenly Father. We remind ourselves that your love is eternal, that you formed the earth and you have created us in your image and likeness so you can make things that we do not understand come alive in us, O oh Lord, we pray. We struggle to see things clearly. The confusion, the misunderstanding, the rightness in our minds that may not be right, O oh Lord. We ask, O oh Lord, that you step into these situations in your power and control and make things to work. Take away all this violence from our communities, O oh Lord, we pray. Oh, we know that so many people have lost their loved ones. They are mourning. Children are struggling. People are trying to eat. They can't find food to eat. They are fleeing their homes. They are leaving their livelihoods behind. There's bombardment, bombs of fire, of maiming, of destruction, of pain, of sorrow going on, Lord. And we cannot just understand it why people find it that it is necessary to do such. But all we ask, O oh Lord, is that in your blessings and in your mercy that you create a situation where peacemakers will step in and your peace will reign, O oh Lord. And midst of all this political turmoil, and midst of all the quest for powers that are useless, that you will come in and you avoid further bloodshed, O oh Lord, we pray. We bow down in worship, O oh Lord. We pray for our sick. We pray for other countries where there are a lot of trouble spots going on. That your peace, you Lord Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, that you step into this situation and create calm and peace, O oh Lord. We love you, Lord, and we know you never fail us. You only ask us to ask, and that which we ask you will do. So we believe that as we ask him, you will let your peace to reign even on earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd open up our hearts today to receive what you want to deposit in there. And, Father, we pray that it would be like seed in good soil. Father, may we be totally open to what uh, you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Okay. To have a presentation today, and the title of our message is No Matter What. It's an expression you've probably heard in lots of different uh, contexts, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I remember reading uh, a book uh, to our kids when they were wee, and it was called No Matter What. There was a picture of a kangaroo in the front with a wee baby kangaroo. Do you remember that book? Anybody remember that? <laughs> Some people may. Um, no matter what happens in life, God is with us. And, and I want us to be encouraged uh, this morning as we think about that. God is with us. Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit to live within us, and to be with us, to strengthen us, and to equip us in every season of life. No matter what's happening in life, the Holy Spirit is there and able to equip us and strengthen us for what He wants us to do. Do you know, I asked God this week what He wanted me to share, and I just spent time listening to God, and 
listening with the backdrop of, of kind of like, it's not just that moment where you listen, it's like day by day listening to what God is saying, listening to the, the, the congregation and, and the things that people are struggling with, and also listening to what's going on in our world. And, and really today's message, my intent today is to just encourage people today, to put courage into you. That's what encourage means, it's to put courage in. And I hope that today we go out feeling encouraged, that we have courage in our hearts. You know, I was listening to a song this week by a band which I really used to love. Um, I don't listen to them as much these days, a band called U2, and they have a song called Stuck in a Moment. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, if there's any uh, U2 uh, fans in the, in the, the church today. Um, and I was just thinking about life. Life, as we look back, it's full of a million moments, isn't it? Do you know, I, I have I worked this out, I'm really sad this way. I've, I've been on the planet for well over 1.7 million seconds. How bizarre, eh? Every, I mean, how long does a moment last? Is it a second? Is it a few seconds? Is it longer? I, I don't know, but um, life is full of moments, and I don't know about you. I, I'm one of those kind of reflective type of people. I look back and I think, okay, I, I think back to times when things were really tough. I think back to times when things were really good. And uh, the, the one thing that I know is that in those 1.7 plus million seconds, God has always been with me. But there was a moment when I was six years old when God just wasn't around me. God came into my life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus as a six-year-old boy kneeling by the side of my bed, and, and God came in. Jesus, through his Spirit, came into my life. And at that moment, something changed. Where he wasn't just around me, he was in me, living in me. A precious, precious moment as I look back on my life. You can probably look back on a million moments, and you can see the hand of God in your life. You know, it's, it's a bit like uh, this picture here. Um, I don't know if you can see what's happening in the picture. So sometimes as we're driving along, you can only see a couple of bends ahead. But when you look in the rearview mirror of that picture, it's a straight road behind. Have you ever experienced that in life? It's like you don't know what's coming ahead, but when you look back, you think, oh, it was plain sailing. It was really easy. Life was great. I never had a problem in my life ever. Do you think that when you look back in your life? Sometimes I do, and I think, oh, man, I wish I could go back to that moment when everything was perfect and, you know, and live in that moment. But the problem is we can get stuck in a moment, and you can't get out of it, to quote the words of the song. Do you know, we can be stuck in good moments, but as much as you would like to, you can't stay on your holidays forever. Has anybody ever experienced that? Where you just, you're away on holiday and you think, I wish this could last forever. It's just magic, you know? And then you have to come back to the office, you have to come back to work, you have to come back to the problems, and you're like, I wish I was back in holiday. But you can't stay in your holidays forever. It's just, that's, that's life, isn't it? That's the reality of life. We can get stuck in good moments, but we can also get stuck in bad moments. That bad moment can be when you lost something. You can lose all sorts of things. You can lose your friends, your health, a job, your status. We can be stuck in a moment of grief, worry, fear, isolation, persecution of some sort, which can come uh, in our workplaces, it can come in our families, it can come in our communities. We can get stuck in those moments. Maybe a moment where somebody's bullying us. 
Perhaps it, that can be in the workplace or in school or, in, or wherever. It could be in our family. It could be that we're stuck in that moment where we don't know what's happening next and we, we feel we lack prospects and there's uncertainty. It could be that other people are succeeding and you don't feel you're getting on ahead as much as you would like to. We can get stuck in those moments. But I want to say today, I think what God wants to say to us is that we need to keep journeying step by step by step. That's the words in the songs this morning were reflecting what I wanted to share today. And the verse that I want to go to today is John chapter 16, verse 33. And this is Jesus who's speaking. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. <coughs> and the backdrop to this verse is that Jesus is anticipating what's going to come ahead with, with the crucifixion, uh, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he's trying to prepare them that this is what's coming, but their grief would be turned to joy. There'd be a moment where they go, everything's falling apart here, but their grief would be turned to joy. He did go on to say that they'd become, uh, there would come a time where they would desert him, they would go back to their own homes, but he was going to bring them back together again. And then Jesus went on to pray. In this incredible book of the Bible, John, Jesus began to pray for himself. He began to pray for his disciples. And he looked all the way forward in time, and he began to pray for us. Jesus prayed for us. And in that prayer, I think is one of the unanswered prayers of Jesus. Now, if you've ever thought about that, I, we wrestle sometimes with unanswered prayer. It's like I prayed about that, and it didn't happen the way I thought God was going to answer it. And we need to wrestle sometimes because God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. Well, God didn't answer Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, the prayer for unity, for unity in the church. I don't know about you, I look around at the church and I, I still see a lack of unity in the church. Anyway, that's another story. Hadn't planned to say that. But what I want to do is just break down this verse for a little minute and let's think on what it's saying. What is Jesus saying to us? First, he says, I have told you these things. I have told you. It's Jesus who's speaking to his disciples. And if Jesus lived these days, he says, you've not heard it in YouTube. You've not heard it in Facebook and social media. You've not heard it on the six o'clock news. I have told you. I have told you. That's where we need to be, folks, is hearing directly from Jesus, hearing what he wants to say into our lives so that we hear his voice. I have told you. In every season of life, we need to hear the words of Jesus for us in that moment. He goes on to say, so that in me, where are you looking for peace? Where are you looking? They were trying to find it in a place. Sometimes that quiet place where we like to go, I've got a place where I go when I need to just be in the presence of God and experience the peace of God. I've got to drive there. It's a wee bit further away. There are places where I go where I just want to be alone with God and experience the peace of God. But the whole point is that I'm in that place to be with God because He is the source of peace. It's not the place, it's he who is the source of peace. And at Christmas time, we think about Jesus as being the Prince of Peace, don't we? He is the Prince of Peace. And so we need to approach him 
And my question is, have you invited the Prince of Peace into your life? God is all around us. I said earlier on when I was six years old, I made that decision to accept Jesus into my life. And the Holy Spirit came in. So he's not just around me, he's in me. Have you invited the Holy Spirit in to your life? Jesus goes on to say that you may have peace. And the Greek word that's used for peace is the same word that is used to translate the Old Testament into Greek, and it's the word that they use to translate shalom, that completeness and complexity, your well-being. You can be whole. I hear another song coming on again. (laughs) You can make me whole again. That's what Jesus comes to do. He comes to make us whole, to make us complete, to bring completeness into the complexity of who we are. Because he says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. Has anybody in this room or online been immune from trouble all their life? (sighs) Man, (laughs) sometimes you just want to get stuck in that good moment on holiday. eh? It's like, I wish I could go back and rewind to that bit of the tape. I'm showing my age. And just press the pause button and stay there. (laughs) But we can't do that. In this world, we will have trouble tribulation, distress are different ways that we can interpret that word trouble. It's inevitable because we live in a fallen, broken world. That's the world that Jesus came into to fix and to bring forgiveness. He came to give us peace. And then he goes on to say to his disciples, but take heart, take heart. Sorry, I I keep going back to things I watched in the telly when I was a kid. Who remembers Tony Hart? Wasn't he amazing? Anyway, that's another story. But it's into the backdrop of trouble that Jesus says, take heart. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart in the trouble. He's not going to come and say, beam me up, Scotty, get me out of here. I watched too much TV as a kid, didn't I? He comes to us in the trouble. We, he doesn't bring us out and take us somewhere else and plant us on a, a planet up in the stars somewhere. He comes to us and he says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart. Be of good courage. It's the same expression that Jesus used when he walked out on the water to meet his disciples. Can you imagine the disciples out in a boat, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, and the storm gets up, and the wind gets up, and they're fearful, and then they see this character walking across the water, and they're terrified. They're, they're just like panic-stricken. What is this? Is it a ghost? And what does Jesus say? He says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I love those words. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. It's the same phrase that's used in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, where it says of Peter and John, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note, listen to this, that these men had been with Jesus. They took note that these men had been with Jesus and his presence direct download hearing the word of God for them, for their situation. What did Jesus say? I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Do you know what? There was a boxing match on last night. I don't know if anybody saw it. I know somebody in our house was watching the boxing match. 
And if Jesus was in a boxing match, the killer blow would come not with violence, but the violence that would be done against Jesus. The, the killer blow was the cross. And on, in that moment where he said, it is finished. I have overcome the world. The devil didn't expect that that was what was going to happen. He thought he'd won a victory. Jesus is dead. Whoop, whoop. What happened? Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't stay in the grave. Jesus has rose as the victor, the prize fighter. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Incredibly powerful verse. Sometimes you want to get our boxing gloves on. I don't know about you. I see what's happening, and sometimes I want to get my boxing gloves on and go and sort some people out. You probably feel the same. I hate to see people getting bullied and, and all that kind of stuff. But as I was thinking about this verse, I um, came across something in a book by John Lennox. Um, I'm going to put this picture up on the screen. That's John Lennox there. And, and the book which he wrote was all about the book of Daniel, and he's saying it's entitled Against the Flow. And what he's trying to do is compare Daniel's world to our world today. And he goes into the book and he begins to unpack it. And if you're interested in end times teaching, there are two key books, the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation. There's some key passages, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 4, Matthew 24, etc., etc. But there's some incredible insight in this book if you're interested in reading things like that. But what he said, there's one of the things he said in this book that really struck me and I think resonates with our times that we're living in. John Lennox, well-traveled, well-respected in academic circles, spent, he spent a lot of time in Russia, and he says this, in my visits to Russia, particularly in the years immediately after the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, I came across people who had suffered detention in the Soviet Gulag. And that's a system of Soviet labor camps and prisons and transit detention centers, all this kind of stuff. Set up in 1919, disbanded in 1956 after Stalin's death. Millions of people were held there. Some, of them were, some, some were criminals, some were political prisoners, some were just ordinary people. And he talks about an ordinary person who he met who was in this camp. The man, this is what he goes on to say, the first such man I met had spent several years detained in a Siberian labor camp. Listen to this. For the crime of teaching children from the Bible. That's why he was detained. And he goes on to say, described to me that he had seen things that no man should ever have to see. I listened, thinking how little I really knew about life and wondering how I would have fared under his circumstances. As if he read my thoughts, he suddenly said, you don't cope, uh, sorry, you couldn't cope with that, could you? Embarrassed, I stumbled out something like, no, I'm sure you're right. And then he grinned and said, nor could I. I was a man who fainted at the sight of his own blood. That's good. You know what I'm like with pain. I'm not alone. But what I discovered in the camp was this. God does not help us to face theoretical situations, but real ones. Like you, I couldn't imagine how one could cope in the gulag. But once there, I found that God met me exactly 
as Jesus had promised his disciples when he was preparing them for victimization and persecution. And it was that little line there that really stood out to me. I put it up on the screen before I meant to. Apologies if that was a distraction. What I discovered in the camp was this. God does not help us to face theoretical situations, but real ones. That really struck me as I read that again. Not theoretical situations, but real ones. I'm sure we all know that theoretical situations are the things that we worry about. The things that we think might happen. God doesn't help us in our worry. He says, don't worry. Don't be concerned about the future. Today's got enough worries of its own. Real situations. What are the real situations that you're facing today? And Jesus has promised to be there in that situation with you. It's not a case of Jesus will fix all your problems, but he will fix you so that you can face the problems. He will fix you so that you can face the problems. We all know the old hymn, most of us probably anyway, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Jesus comes and fixes us. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in. He begins to do a work in us that fixes us and equips us for the future. And so just as we draw things to a close, how do we face the real challenges in life? And for me, it's a really simple formula. It's about what comes in and what goes out. Inputs and outputs. The first thing that I've put on the screen there is to stay physically healthy. Something that we probably just take for granted these days. We've heard a lot about health. We, some of us have our health challenges. Sometimes, some, sometimes things come that we can't control. It's not that we can do anything about it. So I understand that. But what can we do to manage ourselves and keep ourselves healthy? Things like eating well, eating a balanced diet, keeping hydrated, sleeping well, and exercising. That maybe sounds really basic. I'm talking about how can we face the real challenges of life? We all know how much more challenging it is when we're already physically challenged to cope with other challenges that come. That can be a challenge. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, even about a simple thing like sleep, and the importance of sleep this is what Charles Spurgeon said, the Prince of Preachers. He says, I am emotionally less resilient when I lose sleep. Wow. There were early days when I could work without regard to sleep and feel energized and motivated. In the last seven or eight years, my threshold, listen to this, my threshold for despondency is much lower. For me, adequate sleep is not a matter of staying healthy. It's a matter of staying in ministry. Basic things that we take for granted, we, thought, we think, how can we face the challenges of life? The real stuff that we're facing, it's really, really simple. And it starts with looking after the body. We're interlinked, body, soul, and spirit. We can't say, oh, it's all about the spirit. It's all about keeping ourselves spiritually healthy. We need to keep the body healthy as well. Stay emotionally healthy. And often that starts with dealing with our past. And the amazing thing is that that's what Jesus came to do. He came to heal us of our past. And he starts inside of us and begins to heal our broken hearts. He heals our hearts. 
He heals us from the wounding that we have received at the hands of other people. Not only does he heal us of the things that have come in, he heals us of the guilt that lies within us. And guilt is a powerfully destructive force within a person that's struggling with it. Guilt can destroy us. It eats away at us. But Jesus came to forgive us not only of sin, but the guilt of our sin. Jesus can transform our mourning into dancing. If I wasn't playing the guitar this morning, that first song that we sung is one that we do for the kids and treasure kids, so I hope the kids enjoyed it. But I'm more used to dancing to that song than playing it on the guitar. And, and, and I can't play the guitar and dance at the same time, so I'm kind of stymied. But he turns our mourning into dancing. What was meant to harm us God can actually turn around and use it to bring good, to heal others. This whole thing about what comes into us and what goes out of us. The bad things that happen to us, God says that he can turn those things around and use them for good. Third thing is to say, stay spiritually healthy. And staying connected to Jesus is vital. It's a daily pursuit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and exercising the gifts of the Spirit. Again, it's back to what is coming in and what is going out. When the Holy Spirit comes into us and fills us, we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All those things are evident in our life. It's like picking an apple tree off, packing an apple off an apple tree, right? The fruit is there to see. And when you taste it, you know that it's good fruit. All of the inputs and outputs. The Holy Spirit coming in and the fruit of the Spirit coming out. The gifts of the Spirit coming out. I, I think we, we sometimes can take that for granted as well. You know, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church, we need to see that more and more. You need that. I need that. The people who don't know Jesus need that. The gifts are there that the church might be built up, that it might be edified. And for some people, that, that, that it's actually getting them into a relationship with Jesus to start with. And so it's all about what comes in. It's all about what goes out. Staying physically healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy, and spiritually healthy. And I, I came across uh, this again, the, the, the book about boats and, and, and water and and all these, why did he make the title so long to that book? It really frustrates me because I can't say it. <laughs> but in this book, we studied this as a church many years ago, and something really stood out to me in this book. John Orberg talks about the qualities of resilient people, people who overcome. And this is what he said. There were three points which he made. Resilient people continually seek to reassert some command and control over their destiny rather than see themselves as passive victims. I thought that was incredible. And it made me think about the things that happen in life. What can I do to take control of this situation? There are things that happen in life where we think we can't control anything, but there are things that we can control. We can always control our attitude. We can always control our responses. Sometimes it can be the tiniest little thing that we take control over. And it can change 
our lives. It can change the course of our thinking in that situation. Resilient people have a larger than usual capacity for what might be called moral courage, for refusing to betray their values. Moral courage. What's built in at the very core and foundation of our life. Are we courageous people? When the pressure's on, will we sidestep our principles and our values to make life easy for ourselves? That's the temptation. But resilient people, they call upon something that's deep within them and they act in a way that may actually bring them trouble, but it will ultimately be for their good and benefit. Resilient people find purpose and meaning in their suffering. And that's really challenging. If you've been through suffering, challenges, you will know exactly that it's hard sometimes to go, what is the purpose in this? What is the meaning behind this? And it can be a challenge. But these are three qualities, three characteristics of resilient people. They take control, they exhibit that moral courage, and they find purpose in suffering. You know, to some people this won't mean very much, but I know that there'll be people listening today, whether in the room or online, and it will mean something to you. You might recognize that door from a certain movie, <laughs> um, The Fellowship of the Ring, or The Hobbit, you know. And in that book by J.R.R. Tolkien, he said this. It's part of a little poem which he, he said, the road goes ever on and on down from the door where it began. I'm a Tolkien fan, you can tell, eh? Now far ahead the road has gone and I must follow if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way where many paths and errands meet. And it speaks to me because it reminds me that we are on a journey as Christians. Down from the door where it began, wherever your door is, wherever it all began for you, we're on a journey and we can't go back. We can't look back to Egypt. We can't keep looking back to the, the past. We can't live in our holidays as much as we would like to. We've got to keep on this journey, keep setting one foot in front of the other and following where God leads us. We need to live today in the power of the Holy Spirit not in the upset and theories about what might happen. I've already said that's called worrying. And I'm almost finished. Corrie Ten Boom said this about worry. She said, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. I find these words powerful, particularly when you consider her background, having spent time in a concentration camp. And this is what she's able to say. Profound wisdom that comes out of the suffering that she experienced. We need to just remember that each of us is part of a bigger picture that only God sees. We don't see the full picture yet, but he does. Bible does tell us that then we'll know fully, even as we're fully known. Let's just bow our heads in prayer as we finish off today. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are that constant in our lives, 
Father, help us not to worry about tomorrow, but Father, to live in today and the real things that are happening today that we can take command and control over. Father, those situations where we can demonstrate, exhibit that moral courage. Father, where we can find meaning and purpose in the challenges and the difficulties and whatever is happening in our lives. Father, at all the different ages and stages that we are at. Father, you know every person in here from the youngest to the oldest. Father, you see the challenges that we're facing. You know, Father, for some people, it's a physical uh, challenge that they're dealing with just now, an ill health issue. Father, some other physical challenge. Father, for some, they're struggling emotionally or mentally. And Father, we know that mental health issues just abound just now. It just seems to be more and more and more that we're struggling with these types of issues. And Father, we need you Father, some struggling with spiritual issues. Uh, Father, whether it's a temptation or whatever it might be. And Father, we just pray that you'd come and that you'd presence yourself with each one of us. Father, that you'd be in each of our situations what you need us to be. Father, that you'd come and that you'd empower us through your spirit. Father, we ask that you'd come and fill us again today with your spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill me anew, as that song we used to sing says. Fill me in you. Father, fill us in you today. May we receive your Holy Spirit. Father, that we may exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Father, able to live our lives in a way that glorifies you. So, Father, we come before you. Lord, we recognize that the, the days that we're living in are challenging. But, Father, help us not to, 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 to focus on the problem, but to come and bring the problem to you. Father, whatever that is, whether it's global issues or whether it's the, the things that we're experiencing day by day, Lord, help us to bring them to you, to bring them to the feet of Jesus. And we ask these things in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great week. And if you need to get in touch, you know where we are. Feel free to do that.